This is Patty Davis. I'm a psychic intuitive and medium coming to you from Humboldt County in Northern California. And I'm Judea, a psychic intuitive energy healer from the island of Kauai. And together we're spirit speakers where we meet to discuss a variety of topics from two different psychic vantage points. And welcome to this newest episode on hypnosis. This is Patty and Jude and I are here today with a special guest. We have Sherry Fitzner with us, who is a certified intuitive hypnotherapist. And Jude and I have both been hypnotized by her. Well, kind of, you'll learn a little bit more about that as we go on. And we're super excited to have you here with us today. Hi, Sherry. Hi, Patty. Hi, Jude. Thank you so much for having me. I can't wait to talk about this with you. (laughs) This is going to be super fun. So I wanted to start off by reading to you and to all the listeners, the definition of hypnosis in the Webster dictionary and Sherry, I'm curious uh, what you have to say with this. So it says hypnosis is the induction of a state of consciousness in which a person apparently loses the power of voluntary action and is highly responsive to suggestion or direction. It's used in therapy, typically to recover suppressed memories or to allow modification of behavior by suggestion. Ugh, I call bullshit on that. (laughs) Really? (laughs) I do. I don't like that definition. Um, It it can be simplified. That sounds scary, doesn't it? And that's not at all what hypnosis is. It does sound scary, especially the part about a person loses the power of voluntary action and is highly responsive to suggestion or direction. Right. Doesn't it make you sound like you're powerless in that? And who wants to intentionally enter into a state where they're powerless? That sounds very scary. So Sherry, since you disagree with this definition of hypnosis, can you give us your definition of hypnosis? Yeah. So hypnosis is the Greek word for sleep, which I actually love that because it just sounds so much more gentle, but it's truly just an altered state of consciousness and you're neither awake nor asleep. And I like to describe it as that beautiful space between you're going to sleep and knowing you're falling asleep. Have you ever had that moment when you're saying to yourself, I'm falling asleep and it's like your last conscious thought of the day and then you're waking up in the morning? That it's that gentle place between being awake and asleep, which is a state that you enter into willingly. You can also be pulled out of that state just by hearing a sound in the room as well. So there's nothing out of your control when you're in that state. You're very much in control of staying there if you want to. And you're the only person who can put you in that place as well. So you're speaking of the theta brain state. Is that what we're talking about? Which is uh, the brain state that we're also going into in meditation and also sound healing or any sort of healing work, this tends to be that sweet spot that we want to be in. And it makes sense because I do find a strong correlation between hypnosis and even the work that I do as a clairvoyant and psychic and the information that I get is very similar, (laughs) even as a healer, it's very similar to what you do as a hypnotherapist. And so the way that I see this is it's just like another pathway to getting to the same source of information or to suggest healing or to guide others in their own healing process. That is so unbelievably true. And our intuition 
um, our conversation with our guides, every all of that spiritual awareness and you know places that we all want to go, it all comes from the subconscious. It all comes from that super conscious mind. So that state that you enter into, anytime you're you're giving a reading or you're doing a healing session for somebody, uh, anytime we're using divination tools, even we are entering into that subconscious place within our mind, which is a direct guideline to our, our spiritual awareness, that super conscious highway that we are all getting messages from. And the only way to do that is to close off your conscious mind, that part of you that is judgmental, um, that part of you that is critically thinking and analyzing. You know, the second we start to judge whatever's coming out of our mind, does it not close down the voice of spirit? So when we shut off that critical factor, that that processing, that that judgmental aspect, analyzing aspect of our minds, that is when we're open to our super conscious and our subconscious. And that is how we're we're connecting to spirit. And so you're entering in and out of that hypnotic type of state all day long. So isn't that amazing to know that you can bounce in and out? And then the more practiced you are, the easier it is for you to get in and out of that state as well. Some people do it with a ritual. Some people do it with words and imagery and telling a story like I do. But that's what we're doing is we're all going to that same place. We're just using that information differently. That's fascinating. So how are you utilizing this state when someone is in those face of theta waves? How, how are you using that? It's based on the goal. You know, we have some people that want to heal aspects of themselves. We have some people that want to change behaviors. There's some people that just want to get back into their body and understand their emotions. And then there's people that have this other space within them that they want to discover that super conscious space. And it's an amazing space that heightened spiritual awareness. That's why they're doing this type of work. And it speaks a lot to the type of hypnosis that I do. I'm a transpersonal hypnotherapist. So I am all about that super conscious mind. I want to help people get into that space because it's within that space that they're then able to tap into mass consciousness and um, do fun things like the Akashic records and um, meet with their guides and tap into their own intuitive abilities and insights. Everybody has that ability, but isn't it amazing now? Not everybody can get there, but it's because our conscious minds stop us. So a lot of times people are coming and they're like, I don't know why I'm drawn to this, but I need it for something. And then throughout the session, we'll figure out what their intention is or what their goals are. And then we find a way to use hypnosis to get them there, basically get out of our own ways. It's really what it boils down to. You know, it's interesting because it makes me think about different types of hypnotherapy that I've experienced, which wasn't a lot. I had a hypnotherapy session with you, which was amazing that I'll speak of in a little bit. But when I was younger, we had our senior graduation party and a hypnotherapist came in and hypnotized everybody in the crowd. And, you know, it was for entertainment, but I legitimately had an experience in that space that I was given the suggestion that every time this hypnotherapist said a word that I would feel a pinch on my ass. Oh my gosh. (laughs) And it actually happened. And, um, so it makes me wonder if 
there are different forms of hypnotherapy. If maybe there is some truth in that, if there was willing participants, you know, obviously if you have resistance to what's happening, you're not going to probably fall into the suggestion. But if you know what you're heading into and perhaps those suggestive cues can actually happen. Yeah. So, but what you said was key, willing participants. So you can't participate in hypnosis, no matter if it's for entertainment, if it's for clinical, or if it's for transpersonal awakening, unless you're a willing participant. And so I'm excited to talk to Patty about this part, because you have to be a willing participant in order to really feel the benefits of that sleep-like state that hypnosis brings. You won't allow yourself to enter into that unless you feel comfortable, but you're certainly not going to do it without your knowledge or without giving yourself permission to do that. So Judah, before we go deeper, what did you do when you thought you were getting pinched in the ass? Did you scream? Did you yell? What happened? Well, I will be honest. I was 18 years old and I thought it was a bunch of BS, but I did notice that for real, there was at least a couple people that you could tell were doing stuff that was out of their norm. For one, he would do uh, vocal cues. Like if he said a word, one of the people would get up and like beat his chest like a gorilla and he fully was doing it. And you could tell he was like, what is happening? Like it was so instinctual. You could tell he was uh, sort of confused after he would catch himself banging on his chest. And that was pretty spooky. But the deeper we got into it, and this was maybe about an hour long or so, about halfway through, he would say, ouch. And I would feel this little tug or this little pinch or pop right on my butt cheek. And throughout the course of the entire show, the entire hour, it got stronger and stronger. And of course he would say, ouch, at the most random times, you know, your mind was not ready. It wasn't like he was cueing it. And so I realized after that, that there really was something to this. So even though I knew it was coming and even though some of my conscious mind was there and sort of like in denial, but not necessarily resistant, at some point I had become so sedated by his speaking and everything that was going on that it actually started taking effect by the time I got to the end of the show. What's happening there is a process called anchoring. So every time he said the word, ouch, you felt the pinch. And then he'd say the word again, you felt a pinch get stronger, right? The more often he said it, the more often it would happen and get stronger. So every time he said that word, he's anchoring in the effect of it. And you were believing in the effect of it. And that's why the sensation got stronger because he was anchoring in that suggestion more and more. And that technique is really helpful for somebody who wants to quit smoking or uh, quit a habit, or, um, you know, it can be really effective to use anchoring techniques like that. But I mean, part of that experience, though, was being up there with a group of people all at the same time, right? And so you're bouncing off of the energy too of all of those people that are in that same plane of brainwave state, we're all feeling each other's brainwaves at that point. And so it kind of amplifies that hypnotic experience when you're up on stage and you're also feeling the audience too. There's almost a sense of adrenaline that sort of like helps you to lean into that feeling, you know, you're dropping your inhibitions, you're just letting it happen and it's fun and it's all for the sake of fun. So you're feeding off of that experience too. And that's why it is so entertaining. So my first question out of that is, with this technique of anchoring and suggestion, I mean, how long can that actually last? Like, I'm pretty sure he did some sort of closer that pulled everybody back and grounded everybody back in. But 
let's say somebody was open to that or quitting smoking, for example, how is it that that can have long-term effects? Does it just wean them off of nicotine long enough that they just simply eventually don't desire it anymore? Or can it really change sort of permanently our way of thinking or habits or feelings around things? Oh, that's a good question. And I can go kind of deep with it, but you, it depends on the person's desire for the outcome. So you have to truly want and believe the outcome of that anchoring process, right? So for somebody who's, who's deciding to let go of smoking, um, they really want that to happen. And so it might help them to get over the physical habit, but unless you overcome the emotional connection to that habit, that anchor might eventually evaporate or, or dissipate a little bit over time, uh, unless your, your desire for that outcome is really, really strong you know, the more you want something, the more you're going to hold on to that anchor because it, it makes sense in your mind because it's giving you your outcome. It's giving you the value behind the belief that you're able to let the habit go. I love this. You know, I booked a session with you for my last birthday and it was for no other reason other than just feeling like treating myself to a new experience that I haven't had before. And I felt that call, you know, it was that little tug that says, do this thing. <laughs> and so when my appointment arrived, I was one of those people that didn't really have anything specific that I wanted to do. Uh, sure, I would have been super excited to go meet my guides and talk to, you know, higher dimensional beings and all of that. But what I really loved is how you opened up your session and you just started asking me questions. And before I knew it, we were looking at some of the most uncomfortable stuff that I was like, this is the last thing that I want to look at on my birthday today. Actually, let's not dig this stuff up. But we went there. And oddly enough, I had, uh, you know, everybody who listened to this podcast know that I'm always dealing with this right shoulder pain that I have. And during that day, it was oddly very flared up. By the time that hypnotherapy session was done, my pain was 100% gone and it stayed clear for at least a couple months. And that absolutely blew my mind. And it wasn't that we had particularly focused on my shoulder. We went into some, you know, personal soul wounds that I was dealing with from my childhood. And we did a little bit of a soul retrieval and it directly correlated with this inflammation that I was having in my shoulder and felt such great relief. And I just was in, just blown away by that experience because most of the session was actually just us chatting. And then the actual hypnotherapy part was just, I don't know what, 10, 15 minutes, maybe 20 at the most at the end. Can you speak to that and how this actually affects, yeah, pain in, in the physical body? Yeah, so it's interesting because for people that come in like you, that you're like, I just feel that call. I feel that tug. A lot of times I'll get, I'll get a hit. I'll get a word, something that I'm supposed to ask you about. And I just trust that it's going to lead us to the place it needs to lead us to. And for you, it was birthday. And I think I even wrote that at the top, just birthday. Let's just talk about that because it's important. And, and we discovered why it was important. And as a result of that conversation, we recognized the mind-body connection our thoughts, our mind is controlling our body and our body is communicating back what it is that our mind is unconsciously thinking and feeling. So that is energy. And that energy, those thoughts and those feelings get stored within our body and it leaves an impression on our body. And when we don't acknowledge it and we don't recognize it, it will sit there 
It will sit there until impatiently. It is the most patient thing in the world. It will sit there and wait and wait and wait until it gets so uncomfortable that you have no, no choice but to finally address it. And it will come out. And that is why we feel that tug. We intuitively know through our super conscious space, through our subconscious, we know where to find our medicine. And so that is why we feel that tug. Even though we can't consciously understand it, we know where to find it. And so that mind-body connection is what led you to being able to identify that pain and actually be able to remove it. And it was just stored energy. And anytime you feel a flare-up, it's a good sign to be like, okay, what are you telling me? What am I ready then to then peel back and, and understand now through this new lens? And this is what just fascinates me about hypnotherapy is because as a clairvoyant, I have clients come in and I would address, I'm looking vibrationally, energetically, orically, where the distortions are in their field. And then I'm able to tune into that space and figure out, yes, is there emotional charge here? Is there trauma? Is there past life? Is there who knows what is out of alignment, but this is what I'm looking for. And that's what's so intriguing about the hypnotherapy is you and I are going to the same space and uncovering the same thing. You're doing it in a more indirect way than maybe I would be doing. Mine's like just from point A to point B, I'm looking at it. This is what it is. And you are working directly with the client to put them in that theta state and allow their consciousness to reveal to you what the thing is that needs to be addressed. And then you are able to clear that energy with suggestion or whatever we want to call that. But it is very similar. I really see like a mirrored thing between, and I always have around hypnotherapy and what I do. It's just that I don't actually put somebody under, as they say, uh, to do the work. So very interesting. But you're under when you're doing the work. You yes. are in the trance state. Yeah. And so you're tapping into that same energetic space, that super conscious mind. When you're with a client and you're connecting in that way, their mind, your mind is within that mass consciousness. And that is why you are able to get that very direct. You're amazing in this, right? We have been sure a lot of listeners have readings with you and they're like, she blows my mind. Patty blows my mind. And it's because you both are able to easily get into that that mass consciousness and have that energetic conversation and be like, beep, 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 it's there. This is why we are having this. This is what's going on. This is what I'm hearing. But really, and while you might be hearing it or seeing it or feeling it, it's a knowing. You just are connected within that same space. And you both have, both you and the client have the same intention, which puts even more energy and clears a path into that super conscious space that super conscious mass consciousness space that we all share as humans, which is amazing. So you're, you're in the state of trance while you're doing this reading for this client. So it might sound direct to you, but you're actually doing a lot in order to get that information and retrieve it and deliver it and translate it to that client. It's amazing. <laughs> So Sherry, I mentioned to a friend that I was going to get hypnotized by you. And she said that her grandfather was a dentist and he used to hypnotize people to have dental procedures. Now, this totally intrigues me because 
I am one of those people that cannot get numb. And I have a really hard time having any type of procedure done where I have to be numbed. And so is this, how does this work? And is this something that is available nowadays, like that I could utilize? And is this something that you would hypnotize me for prior to the appointment? Or does this happen during the appointment? Do you know the answers? Mm. Oh my goodness. Yeah. So actually hypnosis was recognized first as, um, for its benefits through the American Medical Dental Association. And they used it as a form of anesthesia. Isn't that so cool? So they recognized that the mind controlled the physical uh, pain receptors and responses within the body. So if a client was hypnotized to not feel pain, they weren't going to feel pain. And also one of the side effects, the beautiful side effects to hypnosis, if you wanted to call it a side effect, is that you might feel tingling or numbness within your extremities. And it's because your body is in such a hyper state of relaxation. So you have that floaty light feeling. And so years ago, they used to have a, um, and they do this with surgeries as well. There are people that maybe can't have anesthesia. Maybe they have such adverse reactions, but they need to have a procedure done. Um, and so they will have a hypnotherapist in, in the room, in the space with them to provide hypnosis. And those clients, actually, there was a study done. Um, I wish I had that information in front of me of how quickly they healed after as well, because there's, there's hypnosis for healing after surgeries as well that can help to quicken the pace of healing. Yeah, that's so interesting. So this is one of those cases where, I mean, it could be dangerous to suggest that someone does not feel pain and have them take this with them outside of their appointment. So is this something where a, a suggestion, it would be important to be able to end a suggestion or to end a session? Or is that something that would naturally change when they were to leave that appointment? Or if you can even answer that. This is actually a really important question because this comes down to the responsibility of the facilitator. If somebody is coming and saying, I have pain in XYZ, the very first question that comes out of somebody's mouth is, have you seen a doctor? Because we know that pain within the body is a symptom of something, right? So we don't want to go around masking pain if there isn't a reason for it, right? Um, and that is why, you know, when somebody says, I hurt my shoulder, it's like, did you have an injury? Did you have, do you, do you see, I, yes, I've been to everybody for it. I have never been able to get rid of it. And now I'm just living with the pain that would lead us to understand. Okay. So that's an energetic thing. This isn't, um, we're, we're not, we're covering up a medical condition. We want to be very clear that we're not using hypnosis to mask the symptom of something greater that's happening. So if you are feeling pain, your first response should be, let's physically see what's going on that could be causing this pain. What is the symptom coming from? After working with a physician, if then you are like, okay, this isn't going away. We don't know what's going on. Well, then let's see what the mind-body connection is. Is it a result of constant anxiety? Is it a result of, um, I've, you know, deny I'm denying myself something, whatever the reason is, then we can use hypnosis to do that. And in a surgical um, situation, it is a very specific type of hypnosis that they're doing there and a very specific type of suggestion. So it's not like that person is walking out of the surgical room or the dental chair, always feeling numb. It is very isolated, very specific to what it is that they're actually having done. So Sherry, can you walk us through, if we had an appointment with you, what that would look like? 
from beginning to end? Yeah, absolutely. So once um, we're on, um, depending on what your goal is, we're going to start talking. We're going to get to know each other. My first priority is making sure everybody feels comfortable. They have their questions answered. And this whole session is all about them, right? They're the boss. They're the one in charge. And they're going to lead me to where they need to go. And it happens inevitably every time. You're going to lead me exactly where it is that we need to go. And um, so after we've figured out what their goal is, and sometimes it's because I'm getting a word or I, I know the types of questions I have to ask them in order to to get the information out of them, um, I'm then going to do some suggestibility testing. And the suggestibility testing is going to give me an idea of how their mind works. Um, you know, what type of language they like, what, um, what's supporting some of their belief system, um, what they like to look at, hear, feel, um, see. And then based off of that testing, I will then be able to create a nice um, script and use the type of language that feels comfortable for them to hear in order to get them to that really nice place of relaxation. And um, then we do the, the hypnosis component. Uh, so each session is usually about, about an hour and a half. And that first part is all talking, suggestibility. And then the last portion of it is the hypnotic component, the hypnosis. And you're right, Jude, you mentioned that before. You're like, that was like the short part of it. It's not all hypnosis. But the cool part about that is when you look back at it, even though we know we can acknowledge it as like 20 minutes of the session, there is something that happens, a time lapse with hypnosis that actually makes you feel like you're in it a lot longer than you are. So you don't need to be in that space for a long period of time in order for it to do what it needs to do. Because once you're you're in that beautiful heightened um, awake state afterwards. You're like, how long was that? And it's like, oh, only 20 minutes. Oh my gosh, it felt like an hour because you're so relaxed and you feel so good. So did that answer your question? <laughs> that does. I, I, I would like to know what happens in the hypnosis portion as well. So in the hypnosis portion, what I'm doing is called an induction. And an induction is a way to bring your conscious mind down to take a little bit of a nap. We want your conscious mind to just relax a little bit. When your conscious mind is relaxed, then your judgment is relaxed. And the only thing that's left listening is that subconscious, unconscious, superconscious mind. And so if you look at if you look at that iceberg diagram, have you seen that before? The iceberg diagram where it shows the top part of the iceberg that's sticking out of the water is your conscious mind. Everything else below the the water is the rest of your mind. That's your unconscious mind. So, you know, the conscious part of your brain while we're awake and having this conversation is the most minimal part of your brain. The rest that you're not even recognizing that's happening right now is the majority of your brain. So we want to hold space for that part of you. So we let the judgmental part take a nap. The rest of your brain is then, your mind is then allowed to have this conversation and um, it is through that that I actually will engage your imagination. Your imagination is the key to your healing. If you can create an image within your mind's eye, your body then translates that image as truth. And then you can actually feel as though that is your reality. So using your imagination to help heal your body heal the internal struggles, heal the, um, the behaviors and, and, 
and use imagery to help support the highest and best version of you. And that's when I might use suggestions. I never use suggestions without somebody's permission. I'll always tell them in advance, I'm going to suggest this. How do you feel about that? And, and how would this language translate to you? I want to make sure it sounds like it's something you would say to yourself. And so it's not like I'm just peppering things in there. <laughs> that I just want people to like, oh, I just want you to, to act this way. So I'm going to make this suggestion. It doesn't work like that. At any point, if I were to suggest something that somebody doesn't like, their conscious mind would become very alert and stop me in my tracks. And so that's why I say everybody's in charge of their own session. And as long as I'm in alignment with whatever their goal is, their conscious mind will be able to stay relaxed and not feel as though it has to interrupt. And then after that, we're doing an awakening. The awakening is just the part of bringing your alertness and your awareness back into that conscious state. And then that's that. Yes. And I agree. As far as me as an energy worker, you know, what I tell people is it takes as much belief on my part as your part for this work to even happen. If you're having resistance or I'm not even feeling fully committed to what I'm trying to give you or help shift in you, then the energy gets lost in translation and it can't be as effective. There are people who will leave my office and feel like their life has changed before they even step out the door. And then there are people who maybe it takes like many weeks, maybe months until they really feel the full effect. And I'm sure there are people who leave that are like, eh, I don't know. That wasn't really for me. <laughs> um, you know, and I also think that it's very interesting too, because there's a lot of stereotypes around psychics. And I think there is a lot of stereotypes around hypnotherapists, a ton of them, especially the way they're portrayed in movies or TV shows. And it, and to me, it always seemed like, wow, hypnotherapy. And I think this is why I was very surprised when I had my session with you. Like, I thought it was going to be like, a 20 minute, 30 minute of just getting me under and then walking me through maybe an hour plus of some sort of suggestive hypnotherapy because the way they make it seem on TV or on the mainstream is that it's this very long drawn out process and it could take you forever to even get you in a hypnotic state. And uh, is that a different form of hypnosis or is it just played up to seem that way, but really maybe across the board, it doesn't take much to get somebody into a relaxed state and just do the work. I think what's really happening though, and, and what you're doing when you're doing those healing um, sound journeys, you know, you are both entering into that space um, with the same intention. I think the intention behind everything is what makes or breaks the experience for both me as a facilitator and for the client. So that's why there is such a large talk component because I want you to trust me and to know that I'm in this with you. And I want to talk to you and know that you're ready and you're open to this so that we are both in a place of willingness to to step into that place of mass consciousness, to tap into that aspect that you can heal yourself and that your mind is your greatest tool um, to, to connecting you to your goal. There, there's a lot that's happening with that. There's a great responsibility that comes, just like your clients that come to you. You have to be prepared to offer just as much as they have to be prepared to receive. So there's a lot of prep work that we're all doing before we even enter into these mutual energetic exchanges. And no matter what the tool is, the goal at the end of it is for somebody to walk away feeling even better than when they walked in. 
right? And it does take time. There are some people that have been really conditioned to resist things that feel good. They've been conditioned. We're all walking around with a different lens in which we're viewing the world. And for some people, a lot of people were conditioned to believe that receiving outside help <laughs> is not good, right? Unless it's coming in a pill form, which I'm not dogging that. I'm just saying like, it, unless it's being prescribed or it's coming from a place of authority, like, you know, that, that there's no other room for healing in our lives. So as far as the length of time that goes into a session, it does vary based on the, the goal, the facilitator and the type of hypnosis that they're doing. So for somebody who is doing something very clinical um, and they're using this really as a heavy form of therapy, a psychologist might use a very deep elongated type of script work, perhaps because of the type of work that they're having to achieve. Maybe the client is very anxious when they're already there. So there has to be a little extra time to do that. What I see is if my clients, I can do a 20 minute hypnotic experience, but then I might want to take them a little bit deeper, something like past life regression. You've got to go a little bit longer into um, an induction, a little bit deeper, a little bit slower paced, and then it helps them to acclimate to being able to travel within their own mind. So it depends on the goal. It, it can change the amount of time that you're actually taking in that hypnotic state. Okay. Let's go ahead and talk about my session. Mm -hmm. Now, Jude had a session with Sherry and told me all about it. And I was amazed and intrigued. And part of me was kind of like, why the hell would I ever want to do that? Because as Jude stated, hers was rather intense. And I talked to Sherry about doing a session and I kind of procrastinated on scheduling it. And then when we decided to have her guest, um, on this episode, I thought, well, I should get this done. So I know what I'm talking about and I can ask her questions. So I was preparing for my session. I was a little bit nervous. Um, as most of you know, by now, I am not a big fan of vulnerability. I'm a control freak, especially when it comes to spirituality. And then I had my husband saying things to me like, so you're doing this on zoom. What happens if the internet goes out? And then she can't bring you back out. So he was saying stuff th like this to me. And I'm like, really? First of all, does he think that I'm that close to the edge of sanity that I might be able to slip off and never return? Um, but the other thing was, even though I was trying to explain to him that that couldn't happen, it did instill a little bit of fear in me or a little bit of being uncomfortable. So I had my session with Sherry and we started off and I said, I really don't have anything to talk about. You know, I just want to see what this is like. And then I immediately just started talking about a specific situation from my childhood. And the word that would describe it is a word that she had written down on her paper prior to meeting with me. And so I really want to ask you about this intuitive part um, after, after we talk about this. So we went into this and she explained everything to me really well. And it was fascinating and I felt really comfortable and I felt like most of my fears had left and I was ready to dive in right before I met her. I'm a big, you know, I ask for signs from spirit all the time and I thought, okay, this is going to be okay. But spirit, if I'm not supposed to do this for some reason, if it's not beneficial to me, give me a sign. And then I thought, oh, I know have dogs barking because dogs barking drives me nuts. And I thought, well, if dogs start barking, I won't be able to stay in my theta wave and, and that will be my sign. 
So back to the story, we have this wonderful conversation. She makes me feel very comfortable. We start going into the hypnotic part. I put my headphones on and all I can hear is dogs barking the entire time. And so I interrupted the hypnotic part and came out and, and Sherry and I discussed this. So Sherry, I want to hand this over to you and see what your opinion of what happened is. Right. So, I mean, it, it went down just as you described it. I, I got my, my ping, my, my word, and I'm like, okay, we're heading in this direction. And um, so I asked questions around that. We started to uncover some truths, some uncomfortable truths, and you were so open and sh about sharing all of them too. You know, there's a level of vul vulnerability here that I don't think we can ever deny when we're having these types of conversations. And it's really beautiful. So once we got partly through the conversation, I started feeling <laughs> a very empathetic response um, to what Parrot Patty was um, sharing. And I started coughing, <laughs> I started, started like gagging, chuck, like coughing, choking. And I was like, what is, I mean, it took me a few minutes to gain kind of some composure. I'm like, I don't know what just happened. I just tried to like, you know, move through it. And um, we, we understood what and why we had that, I had that reaction to what it was we were talking about, which was really helpful. It's just that empathetic type of response that we get sometimes when we're working with people. Um, I know a lot of people are familiar with that level of empathy where you can physically feel something. Um, and that's what I was experiencing at that time. And then as we moved through the session, we did the suggestibility testing. And it's always fun to learn how our own minds work. And we had a really nice time and a nice conversation around that. And then we get into the hypnotic component of it, which is just to get you relaxed. And I started my hypnosis. And actually, I used the same script on both of you that day, oh, which is very, very cool. I mean, it's always said and done in different ways, but generally it's like the same type of script, which is very cool. Um, but once I started doing that, I started to cough again. I had to keep putting myself on mute. I just kept like coughing and I'm, I'm <laughs> feeling this like restriction again. And, um, what I started to recognize is I'm then now in a place of having to hold the frequency. Like, like we had said before, we have a mutual exchange of energy that's happening when we're doing any type of healing modality. Hypnosis is no it's not separate from that. So what I'm doing is holding that frequency so that you can stay in a relaxed, calm state. And what was happening is I was resisting an energy that was present. I was resisting. I'm holding this frequency. And it was like, almost that feeling of before you have to channel, but it wasn't a channeling. It was like, nope, I just want this space to be just you and I, and I'm now split between holding space for Patty and keeping our energetic space free and clear. And so in between, I'm like, it was such a strong reaction. I started coughing and that gagging sensation kept happening. And the more I felt it, the stronger I was resisting this energy within our space. That is when Patty said, can I talk? And I was like, yes, talk. Because <laughs> there was something that was, she had received the sign that it wasn't right. I'm feeling this energy that was right. And we both felt 
that there was a resistance here that we couldn't. And so this is such a good example of when your conscious mind is acknowledging that something isn't right, that you will not enter into a place of hypnosis. I would be a very wealthy woman if I could have gotten you into a place of hypnosis under those types of conditions. It's not possible, right? So you have to be very willing. So I think it's a really good example of how willing you have to be. But it was... um a very interesting situation. And that had never happened to me before. It was very weird. (laughs) You know, it's just fascinating because on my end, I wasn't sensing another energy with us, a third energy, but I was just being, you know, barking and barking and barking. And it's so funny because I didn't hear any of the barking until I put my headphones on. And then shortly when we got done, I did hear the barking, but not you know, it was quieter than it was when I had my headphones on, which was crazy. So you said nothing like this has happened to before. Do you mean you you've have not gotten to a point where you weren't able to complete the hypnosis or you haven't had it happen where you felt a third party there or a, a third source of energy or both? So I haven't had it where I haven't been able to get somebody all the way to the end, but the reason for it that was like this split energy was happening with me that was also new to me the way I was experiencing the energy in my space was it was different and there were special circumstances involved so I I'm having to think that that's partly why even though I aborted the hypnosis process you were so kind and sweet and and caring and loving so I I appreciate that and I should let you know that I personally have a lot of difficulty with receiving um, different modalities. I have gotten Reiki remotely done to me and I've been in my room where my bedroom starts cracking, like the walls are cracking and banging the entire time. Um, if I get a massage, I'm fighting the entire time, trying not to read the, the massage therapist and instead trying to receive. So this isn't surprising, and I hope you don't take it personally. I think it has a lot to do with me, not you. And I hope that in the future we can try it again and see if it goes a little bit differently because I would really like to experience this, and I fully trust you. Oh, thank you for saying that. I appreciate that. And you were so vulnerable the whole time with me. It was really mutually enjoyable to do that with you. But we have to be really kind to ourselves, right? I mean, we are doing things in the world based on our conditioning, based on the way we view the world. So if we're in a place where we feel like we can't or don't want to, or shouldn't need to receive healing from an outside modality, that that's the lens and that's what you're going to prevent from happening, right? There's a belief system there. There's a reason why. I think it just demonstrates how much our perception of our environment really does change our approach to healing modalities. And I don't think you're alone in that. I mean, knowing Patty too, I know at the point that she is now, she's incredibly grounded and holds a very strong protective barrier around her and is always hyper aware and vigilant about like what is coming into her field. So I can see how easily you could have resistance. And I think this whole situation also speaks to how some modalities and some healers are just not great medicine for certain people and it has nothing to do with them not being adequate at what they do it has everything to do with uh the dynamic of the relationship between the facilitator and the receiver you know i have profound experiences with clients and uh but i'm a very direct and sometimes harsh 
and intense in the way that I work with people, especially in the healing. And I have to really exercise bringing everything down to a very calm, soothing and nurturing space because I just want to take my swords and cut the shit out. And that kind of medicine doesn't work for people who really need that soft and gentle, sweet delicacy of healing. (laughs) So I am not the medicine for everybody, even though a lot of people tend to be attracted to my work, you know, but it doesn't mean anybody is not that there's something wrong with what they're doing. And uh, yeah, that's just the way that it is. It's a really good point that you bring up. And it's the truth that we do seek out our own medicine. And it's that person that we feel that tug to go see, you know, and it's because you're in the right time, the right place within your life too to receive it as well. Sometimes it's just a, a timeline thing. You're just not ready, right? You're not ready to receive the information or it, not the right messenger. So I think that's a really good thing for everybody who's operating from a place of um, a a specific healing modality. It's not going to be for everybody. It's, it just doesn't work that way. We need different things from different people at different times in our lives. And as long as we're all okay with that, (laughs) we know that everybody's going to walk away feeling healed one way or the other, whether it's from me or whether it's from you, the point is that somebody's walking away healed. And that is the mission. That's the whole point. That's what we all want. So if it doesn't work, it doesn't work. It's cool. (laughs) So if a third person, a third energy, a third entity were to show up, like in my case, do you think I was unable to receive or do you think my my session was hijacked by another being? Mm, That's such a good question. I think it maybe it was a combination of I was in a place of resistance, stopping something. So my intention was split between keeping you in a relaxed state while also being in a resistance place here. You were in a place of resistance just generally because you've been conditioned to resist, right? A healing. So there's always a layer of unconscious resistance a little bit there. And so if we are not both in sync with the intention in that moment, I think that that's where there's going to be a disconnect. That's just proof that you can't enter into this unless both facilitator and the client are in the same place at the same time energetically. Fascinating. I had a situation with two people in my family, um, my aunt and my grandmother, and they decided that they were going to quit smoking. This was when I was young. And they both went and got on medication. And one of them quit and one didn't. And then that aunt that didn't quit went with my other aunt and they had acupuncture to stop smoking. My aunt quit. The stubborn aunt was not able to quit. Then um, she went with my cousin and they got hypnotized. My cousin quit smoking. My aunt didn't. So this aunt was not able to take suggestion or be healed from any, any of these modalities. So clearly she was not ready or able to do this. Do you agree with that? And I know this is more of a clinical, you know, helping someone stop smoking. Is this something that you do? Or, or is this more of a clinical type of thing? And can you speak to that? Oh, it's that's amazing. I love this conversation right now because while a habit can be defined as something clinical that we want to quit, there is a reason why we started coping to begin with. So when we're talking about quitting smoking, we're coping. And if you think about what it is that you're doing, you're coping. And I'm willing to bet Most every time I'm working with somebody who's trying to do something like quitting smoking, we have a throat chakra thing going on here. (laughs) 
<laughs> and if you take a look energetically, there is a big old block here. There is something that they are trying to keep down. There's something they're not saying or validating or communicating or being seen for, right? So we have some, some trauma that exists there that they've been coping and trying to keep hidden for a long time with cigarettes. And so that is why I always tell people, if you want to quit smoking, you will. If you don't want to, even if you don't recognize that you don't want to, want is a hard word to understand when we're quitting something, right? Like, I don't want to be doing this. You might not consciously want to be doing it, but unconsciously you want to protect yourself from whatever is going on here in your throat chakra. And so you are going to sabotage yourself every single time you are trying to quit smoking unless you really resolve what is being stored within your body and why you're coping to begin with. So my approach to somebody who's quitting smoking is not a clinical approach at all. It's a very, let's get into the hurts. <laughs> let's yeah. uncover why we're coping and what our relationship is with the tool that we're using to cope with and what it is that we're, we've been hiding energetically within our bodies this whole time. And it's related to trauma and this trauma in your throat can be related to sacral. It could be, <laughs> it could be any part of your body. So it's all connected and it really allows us to go really deep and it's heavy shadow work, but it's very effective for somebody who really does have a habit that is very harmful to their body. So I always ask people, you know, do you want to quit smoking? Do you really want to quit smoking? Let's find out if you really want to quit smoking yeah. <laughs> and approach it that way. That's so interesting because I, I will see clients with a cord to someone else and they'll say, I don't want to be corded them in, anymore. And I'm like, yeah, but you kind of do, <laughs> you know, like it's still showing up. Yeah, I agree. I definitely have clients that come in wanting uh, some specific energy to be released and they've come back time and time again. And sometimes it's taken many sessions before I was able to really feel like something has cleared, you know, cause it would just come right back. And, uh, as they say, old habits die hard. Right. Uh, and then there are certain things with people that I've never been able to help them truly get relief from. So in terms of people who have sort of sticky habits like that, is it a one and done sometimes, or is this something that you suggest over a course of therapies over a length of time? That's a good question. Um, it is definitely a, a length of time. You're committing to it. Um, I say it's about um, four to six sessions typically is what we're looking at to reverse with my approach because I'm approaching it from a wound standpoint, an energetic wound, and we're healing that while we're also committed to releasing us from the physical component to that coping. So we're, we're hitting it from different angles. So it does take about four to six sessions for that to happen. Fascinating. Sherry gave me permission to reveal that she was actually on our last podcast on paranormal stories. And there was a really great story on there about um, meeting somebody that turned into an ET right in front of your face. And I thought that was like one of the best stories I've ever heard, period, in general from anybody. And your mother was actually also on the podcast. And she was the one who told the story about the ET conception. Am I correct on that? You are yeah. correct. Yeah. And it was so interesting to me because I had known you worked with you, read you and, uh, Later on, I don't know, it was probably months, months down the road, I had had a session with your mother and we went right into this ET thing with her and I had no idea it was your mother. 
I had no idea who she was. It wasn't until the end that she's like, I'm Sherry's mom. And I was like, what? And I was like, has Sherry talked to you? Do you know that she also has this very strong ET correlation? Like, like I thought that maybe you two had not talked about it or it was like a big secret between the two of you. And I was like, you, you need to talk to her about it. She's like, I know I'm aware. But after hearing your mother's story, I was like, wow, like you, you two are clearly, well, like me and Patty in that realm where we're connected to these higher dimensional beings and they're working with us and through us. So I just wanted to throw that in there for uh, people to understand, like, this is who we have on here. And this is the type of person you'll be working with. Like, this is somebody who's tapped in on many different levels. Yeah. Sherry and her mom, I've read them both too, are amazing. And Sherry, I don't know if I've told you this, but there's like a whole Polly fan club out there. Like I've gotten so many messages about Polly and how amazing that story was and how I want to meet Polly. I want to find my Polly. Yeah. So good. I, you know, what was interesting about that experience is up until then I was, I think terrified is an understated word for talking about aliens. I, I mean, I, um, it's funny cause I literally have VHS tapes sitting right here next to me. And one of them is ET might the original ET. Mm. Um, I have it as a decoration, which is funny. I used to watch that movie, but I couldn't watch it without my mom next to me, but I couldn't take my eyes off that movie when it would play. <laughs> um, but I was terrified of anything alien related. And so I would always have weird alien dreams. I was always feeling like they would watch me or see me growing up. I was so scared. And so in my, I think I was just 20 years old when that happened. I mean, it blew the lid off of my mind. And I was like, life will never be the same. And, and it hasn't been since then. Like it just tore the lid right off of everything I thought I knew about the world. <laughs> and uh, the experiences, the dreams, the visions, the visitations since then have just been... Um, mind-blowing. <laughs> I don't know how else to say it. <laughs> so I have a question. A lot of listeners out here, including myself, are familiar with a famous hypnotherapist. Her name's Dolores Cannon, and she was known to speak to ETs and higher dimensional beings and get all this insight about the future and where the world is going and the changes that are happening on the earth. So I am dying to know, have you ever received anything like that during any of your sessions through any of your clients? Oh, yes. Oh, yes. When I grow up, I want to be Dolores Cannon. Um, I adore her. I have had many experiences um, with clients that have been able to go to a place that they are channeling and we are actually opening up a line of communication and being able to communicate back and forth with these higher vibrational beings. And the information that comes through is so profound and beautiful. It's it's just, it's beautiful. It just re renews your faith in where humanity is going is really what it does. I've had the privilege of witnessing people going into what I call the healing room. I don't know what else to, to call it, but there is a, a place where they're actually able to uh, bring their awareness to, and these beings have been able to actually work on their physical bodies, their thorough bodies. They're so, at a soul level. These beings are actually working on them. And that has been a big direction that my work has been going into. And it's, it's been humbling and amazing. <laughs> 
I absolutely know what you're talking about. So as a clairvoyant, I work a lot with these higher dimensional beings. And yeah, I'll call it like the healing room that I have also experienced um, through multiple different people and even in, in my own healing process that I've gotten with other healers. And what intrigued me so much about Dolores Cannon is I know she's been around for a long time, but I didn't really discover her work until after I had already been doing what I was doing. And it was so validating. Like it felt like a lot of times Dolores was taking the words right out of my mouth. Uh, so I have no doubt that these realms and dimensions exist and they are trying to find any avenue that they can be at hypnosis or meditation or psychics or whatever to come through and con communicate this information to us here in the material world. So I'm curious, have you gotten sort of the umbrella message that you tend to get? You Because I feel your energy, your voice changes, your demeanor changes. At, just as you're talking about it, I can feel the emotions welling up in you as you speak of it. Because because I know it too, like I have been fallen to tears, channeling or communicating and mediating this information to people. It's so profound and so beautiful and so high. It's very hard to describe, but uh, I love your, your, what you said. It just gives you so much more hope and faith for what's coming for humanity in the future. What have been some of the messages that have come through, through your clients? Um, to, to generalize the message, they're essentially saying it's time. It's time for radical forgiveness. It's time to heal. It's time to finally let go of all of these ideas that we thought were real and recognizing that none of that is truth to the universe. It just isn't. Um, that we've been walking around with this perceived reality that we've created and we have been kept keeping ourselves within. And it's time to be brave enough to look within and heal and just be open and everything's going to be okay. It's just, it, that's the general tone of what they're saying. Like it's time, it's time for you to become the best version of your soul's self. It's why you chose to incarnate in earth school. It's why you chose to be here in this time, in this place, do your work allow yourself to align because if you're not in alignment, it's because you're preventing yourself. Nobody can do that, but you. So take back your power, heal and watch your soul expand. We're not on a healing journey. We're on a soul expansion journey and we're doing it through healing. So allow that for yourself, be open to it. I mean, that is so reaffirming and validating to the same messages that I get and the things that I feel in the things that are going to unveiled for me in my personal space. You couldn't have said it any more closer to the exact way that I would have said it all summed up so beautifully. So thank you for sharing that. Mm, thank you for saying that. And I, I like to remind people too, that working on yourself is not a selfish act. In fact, it is the most beautiful thing that you can offer humanity because every time you choose to heal something within you, it affects everybody around you. It affects us all in that mass consciousness. And so take the time to heal because it really is helping all of us out. It's really lightening that that human collective that we're all living within. 
Sure. You are so intuitive and so empathic. And I know that um, in your title that you say that you are a certified intuitive hypnotherapist. How does um, intuition come in there? Where do you, how do you utilize your intuition? And, you know, we talked a little bit about how you pick up empathically from your clients or from beings coming in. Um, How do you utilize those or protect yourself if you need to during sessions? So my goal for each person is for them to walk away feeling more connected to themselves and um, to help open up the blocks or help them to see or feel whatever it is that they need to, to become their highest and best self, right? So part of what I do beforehand is to tap in, make that connection and just ask their guides, my guides, where do we need to go? What do I need to be aware of? And there's going to be a word or a phrase or a sentence, or sometimes it's just a question that I have to start off asking. And sometimes it is, oh, how was your birthday? (laughs) And sometimes it's, you know, um, a, a family related question. And based on that question, that person will intuitively respond in the way we need to take their session. And I just trust it. And I'm just open to it. So when I say intuitive, it's because sometimes we are just guided into the place that that person needs to go in order to heal. And I have recognized that that ability has been um, probably in the last six to eight months um, heightened and increased. And I think it's because of the level of healing that people are coming with me um, for you know, there, there is, like I said, the, these beings are saying it's time, it's time. The time is now like to heal. It's time to do this now. And so this ability has increased to match the rapidness and and the need. And we just kind of have to fast forward to like, get to the point. Like, it's almost like, that's what they're saying is like, let's get to the point. Let's get to right where they need to go right now. Um, Let's not waste their time. Let's get right there. And, and so that's how I use the intuition in order to guide the session. And I do the same thing, you know, with protection, I'm holding the space. I'm, I'm allowing that person I'm working with to feel comfortable and to relax and to let their guard down. So I am energetically making sure I feed myself energetically very well and feel very supported um, by my guides, my angels, my, (laughs) you know, my light beings are here and present when I am doing this type of work because they're also instrumental in, in holding the space for that client as well. And I think that is why we're able to go to these really cool places like the healing room because the frequency changes once we're in agreement and we have an intention set, there is a, a, a change in the frequency. I sit here with a um, heated blanket. I feel like a little granny, but I, you know, I get cold. <laughs> and so like the frequency actually changes. The temperature can change in the room because it's like, once these beings come in, they're like, yep, let's do it. We're here. We're you, you called us. And so between their frequency, which is super high, right? We feel them when they come in. The client who's in a place of healing, it might be a little bit lower of a frequency because they're in the place of needing healing. And then there's me and between the three of us, we kind of like, if you're doing math, it's like a new average of frequency. And so we're all working together to facilitate this healing. I don't know how, how else to phrase that, if that even made sense, but I need them to do what it is that I do for people. And the client needs the space 
to be safe and cleared. So I have to do my job also to make sure that I'm putting the right protection in place, that I'm making sure that we are all in this safe little frequency bubble. So um, did that answer your question? <laughs> yeah, that was beautifully said. Okay. So can you share some of the possible reasons why somebody would come to see you for hypnosis? I would say right now, the most popular reason I'm getting is that they are just sort of having inner conflict. They're like, I just don't know. I don't know what my purpose is. I don't know what I'm supposed to be doing. I, I just, they're always saying, I don't know why I feel this way. If you ever catch yourself saying, I don't know why, um, why am I relating? Why am I being triggered? There's that, that word out there, right? That's being used a lot. Triggered. I'm triggered. Why am I being triggered? Why? And really what they're saying is I'm having an unconscious reaction to something that I can't consciously grasp. Um, there's habits. There's tons of people coming forward with habits, especially since everybody was in isolation for a couple of years. We've had some habits that have kind of gotten a little bit out of control that aren't healthy and, and um, helping people to, um, to move forward in their lives. So we're working through that. Um, past life regression, people wanting to meet their guides, people wanting to go to the Akashic record, you know, understanding, sometimes just understanding their own personality characteristics. Like, why do I do this? Like, <laughs> help me define me. We all kind of want to be defined. And sometimes we just want to be seen. <laughs> really comes down to that at the end of the day, we all just want to be seen. Sherry, thank you so much for all of this information. It's absolutely fascinating. And I'm intrigued to explore hypnotherapy even more specifically with you. How can one find you? Do you have a website, Instagram, anything that you want to share as far as people who are interested in potentially booking a session with you? Yes. Yeah, so I am on Instagram and it's hypno for healing. Uh, you can schedule through heal.me forward slash hypno for healing. Uh, you can also go to my website at hypnoforhealing.com and you can schedule. You can um, send out a message if you have questions. I'm always willing to answer questions. There's a lot of fear base around hypnosis. So I'd like to remove the stigma. So if you have questions, certainly reach out. Great. I, th I think this uh, podcast is really going to help people that have been fearful of hypnosis and help people to have a better understanding. It was wonderful having you on. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. It's so great to share a space with both of you. I know how much you do for other people and how much healing you offer your clients. And, and it's why you are so supported in this community because you're authentically in a place of offering and holding space for healing. And it's just so appreciated and needed. So thank you for doing what you guys do. So Sherry's actually made us a little recording that we are gonna add in for those listeners out there who want to get a little sample of what hypnotherapy is like. So just do not do this while you're driving or operating heavy machinery or anything crazy like that. Uh, listen to this later when you are in a quiet space and you can really dive in. We will add this recording at the very end. One more announcement. I'm really excited to announce that I am launching a plant medicine retreat in Costa Rica in April. If you're interested in participating, please contact me directly through my website or email alignandshinequiet at gmail.com. I would also like to thank our listeners for all of your support, all of your donations to help keep this podcast ad-free. 
Thank you for your wonderful reviews and for chiming in with us on Instagram at Spirit Speakers Podcast and for sharing this podcast with other like-minded individuals and growing our Spirit Speakers family. Yes, thank you all and take care. Aloha. The following hypnotic experience is a rendition of Dr. Alan Chip's script work, specifically for the listeners and community members of the Spirit Speaker podcast. May these words inspire you to see your own light. Do not listen to this recording while driving or during any time you must remain aware in your surroundings. Let us begin. Separate your hands and feet and put your back into a comfortable position that it can stay in for a long period of time. Close your eyes and allow yourself to imagine a beautiful light emanating from the highest source in the universe. The brightest, highest, most pure light from the most beautiful and peaceful place. You know where this place is and can draw this light to you. You can feel yourself being drawn into the light as well. And the light stands for everything that's good in life and beyond, such as unconditional love, peace, serenity, tranquility, and pure relaxation. Experiencing this wonderful light is your birthright as you are from this place. Now you may safely unite with the vibrations of this light. If you take in a deep breath and exhale it very slowly, you can imagine that your breath is like the ocean with the waves coming and going. Perhaps you can hear the music of the waves upon the shore. Watch the waves as you breathe in and breathe out. Imagine that you are lying down and resting upon the shore. You can imagine all the weight leaving your body. Use your imagination, for it is a profound gift to use and enjoy. Just imagine yourself beginning to float safely, bit by bit. Allow yourself to float comfortably a little bit above where you are lying right now. Enjoy yourself rising up and floating in the air. If you take another breath, 
you can release pressure and tension that once held you down. And releasing them, you begin to rise a little more safely and pleasantly. You imagine yourself as a seagull or an eagle or a dove. Rise up on the wings of your mind. Feel yourself soaring, gliding, climbing upward to your highest self. Floating freely in the air, you can observe the world unfolding below you. See the colors of the planet, the blues and greens and earth tones. Sense the majesty of the heavens and the panorama of the living universe. Soar and glide to the rhythm of life Ride the wind and soar higher and higher. You have freed yourself from the earthly bonds that once shackled your mind to convention, self-doubt, confusion. Feel the quiet radiance of light surrounding you. Hear the harmony that is you in tune with creation. Be still, observe, and know. Glide upward, ever upward, toward understanding, toward light toward beauty. Beauty surrounds you in the sanctity of space. Here is where other worlds exist beyond the confines of your everyday mind. And just as a seed contains the promise of fulfillment, so does your mind already contain the promise of greater gifts. Become Aware and alert as the spirit of truth beckons you to new understanding, new directions, and new dimensions. When spirit beckons, follow, carrying a prayer in your mind and in your heart. As you let go of old fixed ideas, doubts, and other negative influences, you open the way for new love, patience, and gentleness. The Spirit guides you to enjoy the rewards of your new reality. Higher knowledge is usually communicated in silence, so you may choose to go daily into the greater silence within. 
be receptive to the guidance of your universal mind. Your higher mind guides you and protects you, even when you are not consciously aware of it. Grow in the silence of your spiritual self. Be still and listen. Your higher mind already knows your needs and guides you to live in a new, clear way each and every day. Your universal mind guides you to action by giving you gifts of the spirit. Look, look into the deep recesses of your mind and awaken the silent dreamer. In the inner recesses of your own mind rest all knowledge and ability. The permanent records of life are kept in every act and deed of all history and all thought and all medicine and technology and all advancements. They are all kept in your own consciousness. And as you look deep within, you will see all that exists, that has existed, and will exist. This is already in the recesses of your mind, your soul mind. And as you are willing to accept yourself, and as you look deep within, then you see, then you understand and perceive this growing and building toward the light. Now create a picture or vivid symbol of yourself using and applying your gifts of the spirit. Bring your accomplished ideals and goals together into a specific image and visualize it as it already has been accomplished. And now you can slowly return from your upward flight, returning as a floating feather, circling and gently, circling downward and landing softly back on the beach bringing back something positive and helpful with you. And now hear the waves and recall the thoughts, the feelings, the symbols, and ideas from your journey. You are developing your gifts and learning to use them daily. As you open wide to the new spiritual age that is before you. Thank you for taking this journey with me. I look forward to hearing all of your shares about the vivid symbols that you were able to create for yourself that represent your gifts. <laughs>